we can call this episode something related to this pubic hair. <laughs> Jar of pubes. <laughs> no. These jars of pubes are spiritually fucked. They are spiritually fucked. They got one single fucked. Each they did kind of get spiritually fucked. Each individual single hair and each individual jar. Fucking nasty. So doing the research on this on this episode, is that what struck the Japan? No. Oh, okay. No, it's not. But oh, just coincidental. Super coincidental. I honestly thought that this was going to be like, like a boot, like kind of like the Buddha field where it's like kind of a one-off, like wacky one. Mm-hmm. And it is. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I am conflicted because I'm excited to tell it. But it's really fucked up. But it's really fucked up. It's more fucked up than you imagine. Oh, gosh. Really? Because we listen to a lot of fucked up shit. It is the most fucked up. Oh, okay. Highest body count. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And is, but like, wacky in the way that only something from Japan can be. Oh, God. Oh, oh my God. I can only... (laughs) I don't know what happened in my head just now. (laughs) (laughs) But in my head, I just imagined some like anime character with a knife walking around in all of Japan. But like a real life anime character. But also, you're not wrong. Oh my God, stop it. You're not wrong. That's exactly. Oh my God. Okay. My brain took it there. Yeah. It'd be right. There is aspects of all of that. So this one is about. Om Shinrikyo. Om Shinrikyo. Om Shinrikyo. So reminds me of Kapipio. Kapipio. So this one, there is a trigger warning for suggestion of school violence, death of a bebe, and sexual no. assault. It is the spectrum. It is the full I mean, spectrum yeah, it's of all, all of the it. triggers. So if you were at all triggered by any episode so far, then this is just probably not the one for you. Yeah, it's going to trigger you right again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture of this guy. Can you, can you, can you, are you having? Yeah. <laughs> Let me send you. Oh, my God. Oh, are you finding I, I see him already. Okay. So. <laughs> that's not what I pictured. That's not what I pictured. What are you seeing? I'm seeing this guy. I'm trying to not get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he. <laughs> he's. Just wait until you know more about him. Okay. To make it even more ridiculous. Okay. So. See, some of the pictures he's Okay. These are just the least flattering are the first two. And sometimes it'd be like that. Well, he's pretty yuck. So this 
cult, Om Shinrikyo, was started by Shoko Asahara. He was born Chizu Matsumoto on March 2nd, 1955, to a very poor family in Kumamoto Prefecture on the southern island of Kyushu, which is like that bottom island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Kumamoto Prefecture is where like like the it's like very pix like picture picturesque uh-huh. and like beautiful and like kind of small like cobble town like like oh, cobble yeah. stone roads and stuff mm-hmm. like i think that's where they have like the inspiration for kiki's delivery service that studio ghibli movie Mm-mm. was kind of like around that area but anyway so asahara was born completely blind in the left eye and partially blind in the right and he had a brother who was fully blind, so his parents knew that the government would help subsidize his education in a way that they couldn't. So they sent him to the Kumamoto School for Blind in 19 – I wrote 196 – 1960-something. 1960 I believe it was 1961. <laughs> it was 1961. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was six. So in school, he was a massive bully. Oh, no. Yeah, he was – Physically larger than most of the other kids and then had the advantage of being able to partially see so he could manipulate, intimidate, like he could do all the things. And if he didn't get what he wanted, he would just resort to violence. That is fucked up. He does have that clear advantage of being... Being able to see Being just able a to little bit in that see. one eye. Yeah. Yeah. So he would constantly tell his teachers that and his fellow students that if he didn't get what he wanted, he would set the dorm on fire. Or he would bring a gun and shoot them. So he was coming from, he was born coming from a place of violence. It was like just in him. But when they was reprimanded, right? When they'd be like, we're going to call the police. He'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't do any of those things. I I was just saying. And if I I didn't do any of those things, I can say whatever I want as long as I don't ask. I won't get. (gasps) And it's up to you to to decide if you you think I'm really going to do it. What a little shit. Yeah. What a brain like fuck. Super fucking yeah. insane that he was doing that like in school. At the young age. Yeah. Of- and so his teachers were super, super concerned. But then they would see him like reach out to a kid that was having a hard time and they would be like, what the actual fuck is happening? They're like, oh, wait, he shows compassion. Yeah. Oh, so wait. He shows compassion for some. Like, it's the like lowest whiplash. Of- yeah. It's like the... It was like he would see the kids that were really struggling and, like, try to take them under his wing, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a shit wing, though. What if he was trying to, like, start a gang? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Were you imagining a gang of blind Blind kids? kids? Yeah. That's so fucked up. Wait, no. Edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so fucked up. Watch a little daredevil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but they're right. Doing... He's blind, and he's just like, yeah. Senses are heightened. Oh my god. So there's this partially blind or partially sighted human. Is this the guy who's like running around killing people? Yes and no. Okay. Not the. Oh, not the, not the person oh that, I see. Um, not the person that does. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, as he gets into high school, he starts extorting kids for money. Kids in the school always wanted to go to town and go to cafes and, like, hang out in shops. And they needed an aid because they couldn't see. And Asahara could take them because, again, he was partially blind, so he counted as an aid. So they would be like, okay, you'll guide me. And he'll be like, yeah, but for this amount of money. 
That is some bullshit. And so he was really, really concerned about like saving money and saving money. He saved like three grand by the time I was going to say he was hustling. Yeah, because he didn't want to be. He knew that his family was poor. Yeah, and he knew the only way when he was done with school, right above his station was money. Yeah. So he was also very into judo. This is like it kind of. He's very he's he was a black belt in judo while he was still in school, which seems neither here nor there, mm-hmm. but it does come back later. So I'm just inserting that here mm. because chronologically, this is when he was doing judo. Yeah. But the Kumamoto School for the Blind often churned out graduates who would go on to become acupuncturists and Chinese medicine practitioners, which was a common occupation for blind people in Japan at the time. However, Asahara didn't want to be like pigeonholed and he really wanted to be a politician. So he ran for multiple school office positions multiple times. Did they and look at his every I was going to say they don't like they're not going to forget all of these all of this shit behavior no. and what he's capable of and the way that his brain works all of a sudden cuz he's And I think what he trying to put on a good face. People are doing what I'm telling them to do. They will vote for me, but people were just scared of him. Yeah. And they're like, they don't want to vote for someone that they're scared of. Right, right. And give you more power. And give, right, just feeding the fire. Yeah, and I think that he was so he's super depressed after he lost. And a lot of people say that this was kind of a big turning point for him because it kind of informed his later behaviors with dealing with people, especially like how to kind of win influence over people. Mm-hmm. So after graduating, he opened an acupuncture clinic in Kumamoto and was doing really well. However, he was involved in some sort of fight where several people were injured, and so he ended up fleeing to Tokyo in 1977. Oh, I did shit. not get much more information Yeah, other than an article in the newspaper. So he was able to open up his own acupuncture clinic where he had all of his... Like classmates working essentially, or no, no, no. they just his own like private practice. Okay, and I mean he did well. He was making money before he got in like some weird sketchy fight. Yeah, and I don't understand. This is not a part of the. <laughs> I'm so stuck. How do blind people do that acupuncture? What they feel like they put their hands on a human body. Okay, and, they, and they then they know, can base. Well, and have you ever been to an acupuncturist? Yeah, they like feel like. All the, okay. Like, so, like, it would be, a, it would actually be. That is actually a okay, really smart. good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because they, they like feel stuff. your pulse. They kind of like feel all these like energy. They like, use the like they have energy, all these. Where all the chi kind of is like stored up uh-huh. and it moves through your body. So, because when, sense. like, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you are missing one of your five senses, it's like the other ones can be heightened mm-hmm. to help aid. Okay. Maybe that's okay. Okay. Sorry. Needed like to. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, man. I had ice cream earlier, so I feel kind of phlegmy. Oh, no. Yeah, that happens. But worth Especially it. Especially with you. I know. Worth it, though. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a drumstick. I, I, love a, I love a good drumstick. I can't eat them. I mean, oh, I can. You can't. I have to go on strike. Yeah. I, ha- I have to eat them in shame. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was definitely worth it. But so I read in multiple sources that it's around this time that he starts fantasizing about being the supreme leader of a robot kingdom and rising to ultimate power in Japan and becoming the prime minister. 
So well, like, he sounds fucking out of control. But also, it's really funny because so like multiple sources said that like it was around this time that he mm-hmm. like start, which is like, was he not like fantasizing about that as a kid? Oh, I'm sure. Was he just like waiting until he was like in his mid twenties and be like uh, waiting to be like Robot Kingdom? Now I'm gonna. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's possible. I think I've I think I've reached the point. We're gonna go ahead and Operation Robot Kingdom. Yeah, Operation (laughs) Operation. I am Prime Minister of this Robot Kingdom. Right, right. No, he watched a movie or something. (laughs) I know. So he also started taking an interest in religion. He taught himself Chinese, studied philosophy oh of communist leader Mao Zedong, which is crazy impressive because yeah. I need, like, slight readers, and I can't do any of that shit. Yeah, no. Um, He's just like... It sucks that he sucks. It sucks that he sucks. Yeah. Because, like, if he didn't suck so hard, he could have, like, done anything. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in the summer of 77, he meets T- Tomoko Ishii. She was a student in Tokyo. They married in January of the following year. And not much is known about her, but she was a high-level executive at Om Shinrikyo when it was, like, active, mm-hmm. which was, like, super rare for, like, a woman in that To be of, in, like— And especially that particular, like, organization mm-hmm. wasn't very, like— Woman friendly, woman, yeah. But so later that year in '78, he opened Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture clinic a little southeast of Tokyo, and it was super lucrative. He also had like all these other like side hustles going on where he was like doing some like I don't know scamming people out of like money that like seemed legit but like shoddy services. Right, right, right. And then in Eighty-two, he was arrested and convicted for practicing medicine without a license. I was gonna say I remember him not wanting to go that route, and then all of a sudden he goes, he's there, and I'm like, who's working on these people? His, yeah, his, he his was classmates? like basically selling like bunk cures. He was like selling like lemon peel in like alcohol and being like, this will like cure your cancer or whatever. It's very Just, Gary, very Gary. Very Gary. Very Gary. So he was detained for 20 days and fined for 200,000 yen, which is about like $800 back then, which is like still Mm -hmm. a lot of money. But the scandal was too much for his business to handle. So it collapsed and he had to file for bankruptcy. And this is like constantly or like consistently referenced as like the big turning point because the shame was like so so intense and, like, so unbearable that he and his wife only left the house for, like, a year to buy, like, essentials. Damn. They, they wouldn't like, even public because no. they were too filled, too filled with shame. Mm-hmm. As they should feel. They're scamming people. Fuck that. I know. Sit in it. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> Sit in that shame. It's these bubblies. Yeah, it's dead. These bubblies are real bubbly. Mm-hmm. So the year before his arrest, Asahara had started following a new religion called Agon Shu. And it was known for like fusing elements of Buddhism, Hinduism, and yoga. And it emphasized letting go of the body and all earthly bondage to transcend mentally and spiritually to attain nirvana. Asahara dove deep into the practice. And I think being a judo practitioner really helped him th- like excel at the physical practice of yoga because mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities. And also, he's coming from a place where like the earthly realm hasn't like really been doing it for him. Right. Like, 
all of these odds are like kind of stacked against him. And I think that he was like, well, if I can't do anything legal or or illegal, then I might as well just like rule like rule at yoga. <laughs> like rule at this new age religion shit. Uh-huh. So he just like dealt like dove deep in and so then he changed his name to shoko which means an offering of incense in japanese and asahara which is just kind of a fancier last name than matsumoto Mm -hmm. and this is actually one of those rare instances where like i won't call him matsumoto but selfishly it's because i'm it makes me want shave ice i know that's the first thing i thought of yeah and then i don't want to besmirch the matsumoto no no so yeah, so Asahara, it, it, yeah. And it's too cold for Shave Ice. I'm in agreement. Yeah. So in 1984, he left Aganshu with a few followers and started a yoga and meditation center, which would end up being the basis of what would later become Om Shinrikyo. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he was calling it Om Shinsen no Kai, which translates to like Om, like yoga um, um, uh-huh. mountain hermit society what but i also saw it translated as the association of mountain wizards <laughs> <laughs> i kind of love that there's, there's, there's also mountain one wizard. other one that i was like wait what robots and but wizards it was like and... a, it was like it's like a translation issue but like association of mountain wizards, mountain wizards. <laughs> i would i would join that call they <laughs> would be on it yeah Oh my god, hundred percent. I found my people. Do we get hats? (laughs) Do I get to look like Gandalf? Yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. (laughs) Then I'm in. So by nineteen eighty-five, the center had more than three thousand followers and Asahara started presenting himself as a spiritual leader. In eighty-five, he traveled to the Himalayas to search for final enlightenment. And I'm putting that in light quotes, Mm -hmm. final enlightenment. So he goes and he meditates for four days there and is like you know what? I'm fully enlightened now. I'm all set. I'm good. And so he went on like this tour, like visiting like all of these spiritual leaders in India and taking pictures with them and then like bringing them back and being like, look, they received me as a spiritual oh leader. Oh my God. And scholar Robert J. Lifton says that the Japanese press did end up following up on these claims. And one of the leader, like spiritual leaders was like, yeah, we like had this meeting and he came back like a week or two later and was like, yeah, I reached final enlightenment. And he was like, oh, that takes like a lifetime. But I mean, good for you. Good for sure. I suppose. I guess it's you. So. Yeah. He was Mm -mm. like. No. So in 87, somehow he managed to meet the Dalai Lama. And then. He just like weaseled his way into all of this. Well, I think too, it's like. They said, like, so the Dalai he Lama... He nailed his way into all of this shit. He, he kind of did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, he yeah. was. Played the part, went in Dressing with crazy up. confidence. Yeah. Boop. That's wild. Yeah. So he, the Dalai Lama receives him graciously. And then, of course, there's pictures. And then he gets even more, like, clout for taking pictures with the Dalai Lama and being received as a spiritual leader. <clears throat> Elevates his, like status and story and the Dalai Lama definitely ends up was like I I entertain and receive a lot of people I I don't yeah I'm not whatever either neither here nor there because then there's like pictures of them like chatting later but I think this is like much later when he was 
secretly bad, but not everyone knew, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, you only know what you know. Yeah. So his ego popped right the fuck off. Oh, I'm sure. And at this point, he switches the name from the Mountain Wizard School (laughs) to um, Shinrikyo. I know. Shinrikyo means supreme truth. So at this point, his yoga school had been non-religious, but spiritual. Okay. You know, like, I'm not religious, but Mm -hmm. I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... Then he was like, no, 100%. We are spiritual. We are a religion. And sides and put- he starts focusing his teachings on Shiva, the Hindu god of destruction and rebirth. So, like, <laughs> balance. No, it is. It's like, it's like, it, yeah. you feel like you burn it down and then the sprout uh-huh. up and then the cycle of life. So, he starts mixing Hinduism, yoga philosophy with Christian millenni- millennialist philosophy, which. I thought meant he was taking elements of Christianity and speaking to millennials. Like, real <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Were there millennials back then? We were being born. Um, <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Okay. Um, <laughs> Christian millennialism is like the book of Revelations, like apocalypse stuff. And so, like, that's what it is. Oh, it's wow. like... Y2K, scary, end-of-the-world shit. Mm -hmm. So he based a lot of his teachings on Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, and it's this huge, long body of work. But the gist is one smart nerd figures out how to predict the end of the world, so he starts a secret religious society to rebuild the world after the apocalypse, and the only way to survive and rebuild is through brilliant minds and cutting-edge technology. It's like set in space, and there's Apple Plus series based on it but it's like very it's like long it's like dune i have no idea what that is either. dune no i mean honestly, i'm letting you down <laughs> i'm like no it's just no like, like huge sci-fi epics that are like all-encompassing and like delve into religion and philosophy and like all these you know mm-hmm. one of those okay a non-specific one of those a non-specific one a non-specific i have not read the foundation series nor will i because it's Mm-mm. too long mm-hmm. and it's not my jam not enough horror yeah can't fully commit or true crime yeah you can't fully commit to something if it doesn't have enough no no that's a waste. No, it seems preachy too, but whatever. <laughs> so in 1888, <laughs> Omish starts recruiting new, ne- new members and they're focusing on young, brilliant, but alienated scientists. So think like incels is kind of what I think. Okay. Mm What's an incel? Yeah. In- involuntary, <laughs> involuntary celibate? Un- voluntarily celibate? Like those guys online that are like, Oh, people who just are who are in virgins, vir- virgins, not by choice, like forty year old virgin. Yeah, but like because they're creepy and weird, and they might be smart as hell, but they're. Creepy. I did not know that there was a word for that. Oh my gosh, there incels! This, yeah, there's a podcast that delves into the history of the name incel, and it was actually started by this woman who was just like, I'm like, she started it, and she was like, I'm involuntarily celibate. But, like, I don't really know what that means or what if I if I want to be, if I don't want to be. And so it was it's like forum. people who want to have sex but don't can't like don't have a partner and has nobody to do it with. Yeah. 
and they can't really find a person to do it with them. Yeah. Or like not not someone who is willing, but like they're not finding someone that they want to do it with. Either. Right, right, right. They that just haven't like, found that their person. That was the gist. But now like the whole incel vibe is like, you know, those guys that are like kind of super aggressive yeah. and gross and are like, women suck yeah. because they won't fuck me or whatever. Yeah. But it's them, not me. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that – you're welcome, listeners – you had no idea what it No, was. I've never even heard the term incels. That's why I was like, oh, okay, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. No idea. I'll post a link. I'll make a note. I'll make I'll post a link to the podcast where they like talk about the history of like the word incel. It's really good. I'm down. I that would be juicy. Yeah, it's real good. I don't know if it's like I think it might be blinking. blinking She's blinking. Blinking. Long like blink. a reply all. I don't know. We'll see. It might be a reply, a reply all or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they were basically like these young, alienated, like really smart, but like socially awkward. Socially awkward, just can't like can't. vibe. Like, so they're... that was like what they like zeroed in on. And so these people, they were like intrigued by these claims of supernatural power and this impending apocalypse and being able to like help society by preventing and continuing things onward mm-hmm. and so also it creates its own like om shinrikyo creates its own manga or like ma- like its own manga and anime to help recruit members oh wow so like lil and hunter would have got is, sucked into that shit yeah, which is like <laughs> low-key brilliant because these are the kids that were kind of like raised on all of that anyway. Anyway, so it spoke so it's to them. Kind of like a brilliant familiar, mm-hmm. but it's like they wanted to like they're like not living in this like sense of reality. There's this huge suspension of disbelief where they're like, "Fuck yeah, that could be me." Yeah. So, 1989 was a banner year. It got Om Shinrikyo got recognized by Japan as an official religion. They formed their own political party called Shinrito, the Truth Party, and launched 25 candidates into that year's elections, including Asahara. That year, they also started murdering people who wished to leave the cult. Okay. There it comes. Here it comes. So on February, like in February of 89, 21-year-old Shuji Taguchi was strangled by members when (gasps) trying to flee the organization. By members. By members. Who were threatened with death if they didn't do it. Oh, my God. 21 years old. That was still like, that's still an exploratory age where you're like, okay, this seems cool. Let me dip my toes in it. That was really brave of you. She took another n- another oh, swiggerooski of the... Oh, no. Okay. Good. But yeah, that's an exploratory age where you're like trying to, oh, let me dip my toes in here and see yeah, if I like it over here. It's cold. Yeah. No, for me. Too late. Death. Strangle. Murder. Strangle, too. That's, that's rough. brutal. Yeah. So Om Shinrikyo, though it varied in its philosophy from cults, was very much keeping pace with its tact with others' tactics. So followers lived on communes and were forced to give up any worldly possessions to the cults. There was brutal and frequent physical and psychological punishment, sensory, sleep, and food deprivation. What the fuck? This Isolation. is like prisoners of war type shit. It is. Isolation of new members from all of the outside world. 
They reportedly used hallucinogens to induce feelings of supernatural power among followers. Hmm. And of course, no cult would be complete without the sexual assault of female followers. Asahara would often sexually assault and rape women as, quote, initiation to the organization. But isn't wifey around? Mm-hmm. She she's saying she, you have my blessing. I don't know about that. What I mean, she's okay, but I think that they all kept she's, it secret. She's head lady though, too. I mean, know. in what fact? Like in what? Who knows? Fashion? Yeah. Who knows? So he was seen as this like supreme spiritual leader. So these women thought they had to go along with it, and then they kept it a secret. Reportedly, That's and so this gross. is fucking wild. That's so gross. It's a big number, huh? No, this is um even grosser. What? <laughs> what? So reportedly, and I could not find this con- like you or, can't like, find- fully confirmed, like fully confirmed, but there's so many sources that cite this. And because of how he was found later, it had to have happened. But reportedly, Asahara would take a single pubic hair from each woman put it in a small glass jar and, like, write their name on it. First of all, fucking ouch, because have you ever plucked a pubic hair? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... (laughs) I mean, it's all bad. eye water? (laughs) Yeah. It's so painful. (laughs) I'm a straight biatch. But I'm going to ask you to bank that information for later. Oh, my God. He had, like, a... Thank that information for later. Not that I want you to be thinking about his pube jars um, his... this whole time, but remember it because it will come back. Oh, my God. How many people must it, for for him to accumulate a jar? Uh, no, no, no. It was one per jar. Oh, so he had like a wall of it jars It was like. Probably. Okay. Yeah. That is wild. That is fucking weird. That That's is some weird. wild shit. That's like a weird trophy. <laughs> It is. It's not funny because it's sad, but it's fucking wild. Yeah, just bank that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Because it's going to come back. So by this time, Om Shinrikyo had been on the radar of anti-cult activists, and Tsutsumi Sakamoto was an anti-cult lawyer who had just successfully won a case against the Unification Church, a.k.a. the Moonies, Mm. which was they're like a kind of new age Christian cult, but they were founded by this man called Sun Myung Moon. So that's why they call it the Moonies. The Moonies. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, people would refer to the Moonies. And I thought they were like tin hat, like a cult of like tin, like, you know, like they wear the tin hat because they think the aliens are coming. Oh, like moon men. My God. For like, and this was recent that I thought this. In my mind. That is when really funny. When someone would refer to the Moonies, there's I would like be like, a, oh, yeah, tinfoil hat. There's like an and... 80s music video with a bunch of guys. Are you thinking Devo? Maybe. They're like red cone hats. I think kind so. Of. Is yeah. it? Is it? No, I don't know. No, I'm thinking like, you know, in, you know, in Signs, when like Joaquin Phoenix is wearing that little tin hat and like, you've never heard of tin hats? I didn't even watch it. No, I've seen a tin hat. Or like, well, no, like where people would put like foil on their heads because they didn't want aliens reading their thoughts. No. That was like a big thing, like during the whole like UFO panic. Stop it. Okay. Because me. Aluminum foil would like block any get your <laughs> get your Reynolds wrap out and let's <laughs> let's let's get serious about this. Reynolds only. Oh uh-huh. brand does not. Fuck work. that Kirkland. Actually, I love Kirkland and it's probably better than Reynolds, but 
right yeah. i don't know because i don't live the costco life because mm, mm, mm. i have no self-control mm. so i had to cut myself off i did too but oh, you did too i will only shop at business costco now I'm trying to be good because they don't have like jeans and sweatpants and like yeah good hoodies yeah and, like slippers and like all the things dresses. i would have to like avoid the center mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. oh yeah the books every time and they're like thirty dollars because it's like a pack of them yeah. For the kids. But but yeah, I had to quit it. I got a business though, so I get my necessities, things we need. Mm-hmm. And that's been working. I like that for you. Yeah. No, me. I would still have no self-control. I'd be like, it's still well, this parking lot's too full. I'm just gonna go around. <laughs> I know. Let's go to this other one. No, honestly, it's to the middle. It's been good. I did definitely went this weekend and was went for four things and left with much more, but not as bad. I spent under two hundred dollars at Costco, which is like nice. A big. Cha- it's usually like four. Ugh. I know. Popping off hard. I got. I know. Okay, so Tsutsumi Sakamoto, he was that lawyer, anti cult lawyer. He managed to run like this successful lawsuit against the Moonies. So he was preparing to do the same with Om Shinrikyo. And his position was that members weren't willing participants, but they were lured into the organization by deception and held against their will by either threat or manipulation, which at this point they're already murdering people. Yeah. So the threat so and manipulation is true. Active. Yeah. But so in order for this movement to gain traction, they needed a PR plan which involved Sakamoto going out and talking about the danger of Om Shinrikyo. On October or in October of 89, Sakamoto goes on to TBS. Tokyo Broadcasting System. Oh, I'm like, what? Not TBS. <laughs> Not very TV. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not the channel. I'm like, wow. And he tapes an interview and someone at TBS, again, Tokyo, Tokyo Broadcasting, Broadcasting System, then leaks the tape to members of Om Shinrikyo without Sakamoto's knowledge, which is, again, super illegal. Mm-hmm. A few days later, on November 3rd, four members traveled to Yokohama, where Sakamoto lived, and waited at the train station for him to go to work. The plan was kidnap him there, but never showed up because it was culture day in Japan, so he slept in with his family. (gasps) The four members instead went to his home. Oh, fuck. Arrived at 3 a.m. The nerve. What fucking world is this guy late for his train and later they show up at his house at 3 a.m.? At 3 a.m. They had to, like, what time was his original What time? Train? What yeah. time did I don't know. Leave? I don't know. Maybe it was 3 a.m. the following. I don't think so, because they were at the train station already, and they oh, were like, yeah. oh, it's too Botched plan. Yeah. Not here. Let's go to his house. I know. Botched plan. So they entered through an unlocked back door. This is rough. So maybe oh, no. skip ahead if you don't want to know. Okay. So... Sakamoto was struck on the back of the head, injected with potassium chloride, and then strangled. He what is potassium chloride supposed to do? What's the point of that? I think it just fucking kills you. I don't know. Oh, God. Okay. I have no idea. So he was 33. His wife was 29. She was beaten and then injected. Damn. His son. <gasps> fuck off. 14 months old. Injected, and then his face was covered with a cloth. Each family's 
Each family member's teeth was broken to prevent identification, and then they were placed in metal drums and then hidden in rural areas of three different prefectures. And then they were, their disappearance went unsolved for six years. That is fucked up. I'm wishing he went to the train station. Yeah. That is so fucking awful. I know. The baby, though? The baby. Come on. Okay. I know. So, escalating. Oh. To say the least. Yeah. 1990. So, they end up, they do end up getting found and being buried properly, but it's only after a lot of other stuff comes out. Yeah. So, in 1990, their political aspirations dwindled. People of Japan thought it was off-putting that their main strategy was to have people dance outside of subway stations with huge, like, paper mache masks of Shoko No. (laughs) That's fucking weird. That is off-putting. It is. Wait, hold on. I have to show you this picture, though, because I do have a picture, and it is fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. Are we fucking serious? There are so many. Uh-huh. And they would put on, like, choreographed little dances like that. Okay. 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 That is off-putting. That it is, is very off-putting. Putting. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, put, I'll post a picture you have <laughs> on to. Instagram because it's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> 1991, they also redoubled their efforts to develop weapons, not only to help them survive the end of the world, but to help usher it in. Because Asahara believed it was coming in 1997, specifically. Why? And don't know. All right. I have no idea. He thought the U.S. would eventually attack Japan and start a third world war. So they started developing these strategies to kind of get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So he wrote... Quote, as we move toward the year 2000, there will be a series of events of inexpressible ferocity and terror. The lands of Japan will be transformed into a nuclear wasteland between 1996 and January 1998. America and its allies will attack Japan and only 10 percent of the population of the major cities will survive. He claims that is such like insane. Like that is such like literally pulling shit out Uh of his ass. Yeah, yeah. Just to, like, create scared. Yeah. There's, like, really no rhyme or reason. Yeah. He probably was like, let's just throw out 97. What do you think is going to happen when 97 rolls around yeah. and shit has not happened? Yeah. I Well, obviously. So he's trying to make the shit happen. Yeah. So he claimed that by his calculations, he might be able to save up to 25% of the population, but he urgently needed more resources. And because, because every day... He was underfunded. Lives would be lost, and he wouldn't be able to save them. So he was trying to get it, keep his number, his so calculations up high. Okay. So to raise money, that they began to make meth and small incinerators and sell them to the Ikuza. Oh wow! Yeah. Small incinerators? Yeah, like small microwave incinerators for like bodies. Oh. Like small, like little, like crypto. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, like a what? portable. Like, who thinks to like make those and sell them to as a, you know? He was very innovative. All right. Is innovative. Okay. Innovative. Wow. Innovative. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Nothing. I thought it was us. I don't know. I want to say it's like, I don't know. We just kept going. So it felt like it was real. <laughs> 
1993, members attempted to cause an anthrax outbreak by spraying, I, this word is too hard, bacillus anthracis from the roof. So the basically whatever makes anthrax. Yeah. Just like spraying it off the roof of their own building. Wow. But it was not successful. Yeah. No. I don't know why that, they thought that was a good idea. Yeah. But in my mind, okay, I don't know how they actually sprayed it, but in my mind, it was like a squirt bottle. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> like a mister standing like, there. <laughs> We're going to get them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that makes tons of sense. Uh-huh. So they also purchased a 500,000-acre sheep farm in Australia where they tested out sarin, and they left behind 29 dead sheep. Which I think should be counted in this book Mm -hmm. because that was really sad. They also started testing out VX, like the nerve agent. The nerve, the what? It's a nerve agent, VX. VX. It's like, it's like a liquid or I honestly don't even really know. It's got to be like a liquid. And does it make your nerves just like stop Stop. working? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like super, super dangerous. Yeah. So they also began to train helicopter pilots with plans of dispersing the sarin over Tokyo by helicopter. They also debate whether or not to attack the U.S. In 1994, or in January of 1994, another member was strangled when trying to flee the cult. That is so scary. That is so scary. I know. In mid-94, that's like honestly not even the scariest. The the Sakamoto family, it was, like, possibly high up there. Not possibly. It is high up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's more. But there's There's more. more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. I know. So mid-94, Asahar was trying to set up an office and factory in Matsumoto, Nagano. Nagano. Why was I going to? My brain right now. Mm -hmm. He was trying to set up an office and factory in Matsumoto, Nagano. But residents banded together to oppose the cult setting up shop in their city. And there was this petition that had enough signatures to stop the process. It was like 70% of the residents were like, no. Absolutely not. I'm surprised he even listened, though. He was pissed. Yeah. Okay. And so they planned to release the sarin. Release there As an aerosol at the courthouse. But when they arrived, it was closed for the day. (laughs) They have really poor planning. They're planning and execution. But, like, their their poor planning hangs the body. Yeah, because they're like, okay, now I'm mad, mad. I know. Earth scorching. I got to, like, make up for this. Yeah. You know, they probably are like, well, if body count is higher, I don't know. Anyway. Mm Here it comes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the night of June 27th, 1994, using a converted refrigerated truck, members released a cloud of sarin in the city clo- in the city close to a tower where a lot of the judges in the case that were overseeing the fact like this whole petition lived. Uh-huh. And the attack killed eight people and injured hundreds more. Oh my God. So it does do yeah. some damage. So victims Not- complained mm-hmm. of darkened vision, eye pain. Headache, nausea, diarrhea, numbness of, of their hands. And so they end up like it's like it'll get into your respiratory tract and like it'll start to like Par- it paralyzes yeah. you essentially. All your things stop thinking, like all yeah. your organs will stop organing. Yeah. So five were found in their apartments, 
Two died on the way to the hospital. An eighth victim remained in a coma for 14 years before passing away in 2008. Oh, my God. I know. Wait, how did they do it? They just went into the city and just... They released it, like, in a cloud. And it just went in through, all like, all the air ducts and stuff. That is so fucking wild. Yeah, you're just in your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... Police never suspected the cult, but rather one poor guy who had, like, photo processing chemicals in his house. Oh, no! Not the same. Not, the not same. at all the one same. One of these things is not like. Did he yes take it for the team? No. Oh. Oh. He, he ended up. He ended up being exonerated. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, that's some fucked up shit. I know. So late in 1994 and early 95, members murdered at least three people. In December, they killed member Tadahito Hamaguchi by injecting him with VX on just straight up on the just street. Straight boom. Yeah. They suspected he was a police informant, so they just took him out. Took him out on the street. February 28th, members kidnapped a 68-year-old man in an attempt to locate his sister who had defected from the group. They tortured and murdered him and then incinerated his body in one of those, like, little incinerators. That they were selling. That they were selling. And then, so, wait, he's, like, who's he's calling all the shots and sending his mob mm-hmm. out there and take this guy out, take that guy out, do this, do that. And nobody's like stopping to question anything? No, they, they're not putting it together because they just see them as like kind of this bizarre religion. They don't see it as, and like possibly a cult, but mm-hmm. they're like a yoga cult. Yeah, so they're like, mm-hmm. they're not outwardly, they don't know that they're doing any shit with the Yakuza. They don't know that they've been murdering people. Mm-hmm. They don't know any of it. As far as they know, the Sakamoto family, they just disappeared. They didn't even know they were dead. That's right. But so their bodies were never found? They're found after the fact. Because I thought you they took their teeth. They did. It was, they were told where the bodies were. Oh, fuck. Okay. Damn. I know. So... Another person was also assassinated with VX for protesting the organization publicly. So three, at least three people. There was some more, but I couldn't confirm. And like some of the dates got muddled, so I didn't include them. But so at least three. Meanwhile, police are starting to put pieces together. Mm-hmm. And in January of 1995, it was reported that they found elements of sarin gas in the ground near the Om Shinrikyo facilities and. Yamanashi Prefecture, I think that's right, linking the cult to the 1994 (laughs) attack. Asahara suspected that this would lead to a police raid of their facilities, but police were busy aiding in the relief efforts after the Kobe earthquake. Oh, shit. Asahara didn't want to attract more attention, so to divert attention, he ordered an attack that would end up killing a dozen people and cementing his place among the most notorious of terrorists. What the fuck? He just was like... He didn't want to. I don't understand why that was the answer. No, me neither. But that is the end of part one. Oh, my God. He's on fire. He's literally just take this person out. Take that person out. Take this person out. He has his agenda. It's like, I can't believe nobody gave him back. Pick that pube hair out. Pick that pube hair out. Oh, my God. That's so fucking disgusting. That is so You thought you forgot it. I told you to bank it. I know. We're still not even there We're not even there. bank it for next episode. Oh, my God. See? It's like, I forget because he's doing all this other outrageous shit. I know. You're thinking, 
he can't get worse. You're right. I'm thinking exactly that. And you'd be wrong. I feel that. I feel that. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. We can call this episode something related to this pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) Jar of pubes. (laughs) No. These no. jars of pubes are spiritually fucked. They are spiritually fucked. They got One single fucked. Each. They did kind of get spiritually fucked. Each I know, individual single hair and each individual jar. Fucking nasty. That is so nasty. That's a next level nasty type shit. It is. That's like a weird trophy to keep. It is. Because like, can you imagine? No. 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 I'm like, can you imagine him being like. I mean, I doubt he asked permission. So what? All Whoa. of a sudden, we're just like, how? He like ex- that's what I'm saying. Like, to or do you think twist he's like, the knife, or does he go? I'm gonna take this, and then you're like, oh god, it's coming. I suppose <laughs> he probably is like, give me this, or does I don't know. It'll make you pick do it. yourself. First of all, first of all, I couldn't. It would. I would have. I would kill me now. I wouldn't be able to. The pain is too great. The, the pain is too great. Yeah. Can I get? Can I get? Can I get a pair? Can I get a pair of scissors? Let me get some scissors. Let me, I can't pluck that shit. No. It said specifically, plucked. He plucked. That is so gross. He wants that root. I know. He wants all that d- dinner. <laughs> all the dinner. That he wants dinner. that follicle. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. That is so cringy. I that's some like weird, weird shit. God, he's like, I mean, if you think about everything, he is just wild. His parents are probably like, what the fuck? Whatever happens to his brother? Mm-hmm. He, he probably disappears because no, he can't. He, he goes to live at that school and then he never sees his family again. That is crazy. Like, yeah, that is good for them. Thing he changed his name, bring shame on. Bring don't bring shame. Don't bring shame to shame. Shave ice ancestors. I know. I know. So bad. Okay, so that is it. If you would like a full unedited episode, we have a Patreon now. (laughs) So if you go to patreon.com backslash spiritually fucked, you can join our Patreon. Patreons, we're gonna get a full unedited episode and some behind the scenes stuff expanded show notes and a shout out for being a supporter if you don't want to do that we still are on instagram at spiritually spiritually effed podcast where we'll share like half of that yeah and we're so happy that you listen yeah Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, this one is real rough. I know. Honestly, I don't like the baby shit. Not one bit. I know. Next one, I don't think is. No, there's no babies in the next one. Okay, that's better. That's That baby's still lingering over this one. I know. It still happened. It is. Okay. We'll we'll see you next episode. Bye. (laughs) I don't know. I'm so. I think like, bye, 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 bye. From Shaun of the Dead. I think so. (laughs) 